This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. As an old white prick from Parliament once said, you all laughed at me. Well, you're not. Oh, fuck, my voice cracked. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're not. You need to redo it because that is too good of a start of an intro to mess up. We need to redo that because that is class. All right, here we go. for me, Booker, but it weren't that. As an old white dick from Parliament once said, you all laughed at me. Well, you're not laughing now. It's fucking hell, I didn't check the date. (laughs) 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 It's Monday, June 12th. I'm Adam Booker. I'm Lou Bardsley. I'm Ollie McCool. And I'm Oliver Lowe. And this is the City Report Podcast. Manchester United 1, Manchester City 6, it's 2 for Dzeko. Tottenham Hotspur 3, Manchester City 4. They have made the impossible possible. Hello to all the wonderful and fantastic City Report podcast listeners. I'm Amos Murphy, and as you can probably tell, my voice is a little bit worse for wear. Not quite up for a full podcast recording just yet, so I'll be jumping on the show later on in the week. I just wanted to cut in and say before the show got underway how wonderful and fantastic it has been the last few days in Istanbul watching Manchester City complete the treble and as Alex Ferguson once said not in my lifetime well Pep Guardiola has only gone and matched his crowning achievement in English football whilst doing the free peat in the same sequence as well there are so many storylines we cannot wait to get into on the show so stick with us make sure you're following and subscribing from Scott Carson going on 
to lift the Champions League in Istanbul again, having done so with Liverpool all those years ago. To Sergio Gomez winning the treble of all people. And of course, the captain, Ilkay Gundogan, winning the Champions League at the third time of asking his third final. He finally does it in what could be his final game for Manchester City. But above all, it was the stories of the supporters that I have found so perfect and so wonderful and enchanting. Personally, as the full-time whistle hit, I was in tears, floods of them. I couldn't hold it back. It was the most wonderful and incredible and fantastic achievement and just one that we will remember forever. So before I pass you back over to Adam, just finally, no matter how long you've been a City supporter for, these are the days that we will cherish for our entire existence. Soak them in, enjoy it, because I promise you it will never, ever, ever get better than this. To win the Premier League three times in a row, to win the FA Cup against Manchester United, and then to be into Milan in the Champions League final, the club's first European Cup in their history they are in the upper echelons of european football now these are the glory days enjoy the rest of the show that's it from me here in istanbul i'll be with you later on in the week back over to adam booker and the rest of the gang welcome to the show chaps big big weekend i'm gonna go straight to luke who is literally fresh off the boat from istanbul luke are you alive are you sober uh can I say no comment? Is that is that allowed? Um, yeah, I've literally um, got the drop the text in just as I pulled up to my house. Um, we are filming this on the Sunday for people listening, so I've got an early flight home because I've got work on Monday. Um, yeah, so I've literally just arrived at my house, fresh from Istanbul. What a evening that was, gentlemen. Yeah, well, we will absolutely hear all about it, but I want to come to the Ollies. Ali McCool, first off, what did what did you do for the game this weekend? Um, I spent most of yesterday wandering around my house drinking out of pure nerves trying not to cry and then I went to the pub with all my mates none of them support City it was fantastic they were on I've never had such enjoyment out of watching other people's misery Uh, you know 15 years of taunts and all all of that came to fruition last night it was fantastic and then Chinese on the way home and everything after that's a bit blurry you probably know more about my night than I do yeah, pr- probably. Oliver Lowe, what were you up to? Uh, just I had a few friends round to my gaff, had a barbecue, burnt some sausages um, and, you know, made some un- unedible meat. Um, then drank a whole load of alcohol, watched the first half outside, had to come inside to watch the second half, ended up with celebrations in the hot tub and uh, throwing some uh, mildly expensive Prosecco and Champagne around the garden. And um, after that, same as Ollie, all goes a little bit blurry. Yeah, we love to hear it. I, I had the classic American conundrum of it was great that the game was very early in the day because I didn't have to just sit all day with the nerves. But then I did have to, like, at about 3 or 4 p.m., I'd had about six Guinness of gin and soda and then just thought, now what? The sun's still up for the next five out. What do I? What am I supposed to do now? And I have, my mom is in town, so I, you know, I wasn't going out to to any bars for the night. And um, yeah, but what what a day it was. And Luke, I'll come back to you. And and obviously, of the four of us, you were the one in Istanbul, so you were there in person to to see what needs no introduction was was City winning the treble, winning their first Champions League, and 
and doing it in um, a nervy manner. What was the what was the weekend like? The build up to the game in Istanbul. What was it like in the ground? I know it was a nightmare getting to and from the ground. Um, give us a little a little recap of what it was like on the ground. So uh, me and my friends have been talking about this uh, last night after the game and then today, where I probably describe it as a worst weekend of my life apart from the football, which is pretty mental. Um, the football was. I can't even describe the nerves and the shock when we won. Like it, it was bouncing all day, to be fair. So I was in Taxim Square um, around about midday to early afternoon, then headed up to the fan park. Luckily, I got an early bus. So even though I was, it took me an hour and a half to get there, at least I weren't queuing for two hours in the glaring sunshine. Uh, but yeah, the, the mood was very jubilant, let's just say that. I've never hugged so many strangers in my life. I thought I'd never hug as many people as after the 93 20, but it turns out you go to Istanbul and I make friends with the whole block, really. Um, but yeah, it was nice to meet a load of people from all corners of the globe. I met Americans, I met some Rangers fans as well, we love City. I met people from Yorkshire, people from down south. Everybody was just there for one reason that was to see City win. And I'm proud to say that I was able to witness the best moment in City history. Well, it was Ali, Ali McCoy. It was the best moment in city history. And I think, you know, obviously we've had the 93-20, we've had the domestic treble. And, but this is, this is the one that kind of etches, and I, I hate this phrase, I hate using the phrase football project because I think every club is a project. Every, every club is working towards something. But in the sense of what city was before 2008 and what, what city is after 2008, this was the culmination of, building everything essentially from the ground up with with the money from Abu Dhabi and investing into the academy and bringing in you know all the the superstars that are now superstars and bringing in Pep Guardiola and and you know all of the the recruitment staff from Barcelona and, and all that kind of stuff it all led to this didn't it absolutely i mean it just the whole kind of feeling the whole kind of vibe around this has been a, a sense of we just need to get it done it just needs to happen now um, and that and that sounds like a crazy thing to say for the Champions League, which is you know the biggest trophy in club football. Um, but one, one of my friends, who's a Chelsea fan, uh, he said to me, he's been he said he said to me for years, you'll you'll understand it when you win it finally, and you don't really understand just how great this is, why it's been such a target for this club, for you know as much as the fans haven't appreciated this competition as much as they probably like. Um, but you understand it now once you've won it. Well, once once your name is on that trophy, once you've seen your captain hoist that big ears in the air, it it changes everything about your football club. And to do it in the in a treble, you know that's just that's not being lucky in the Champions League like we've seen other teams in the past, Liverpool in 2019, for example. That's being the greatest team that football maybe has ever seen. And I, th- and I think Manchester City are. They're not one of the best teams in, in their country or in Europe now. They are the best team in the world. And that and they have proven that time and time again. But now they've got the silverware to back it up. They've done it all in one season. No one can talk, no one can talk to us. Who, who can chat to us? United, even with their trouble, you know, 25 years ago, most of their fans watch it on YouTube. They, they, they were babies or weren't even alive to see it. We've seen our team win all three trophies in one season. Luke was there. For, I think you were there for all three of them, weren't you, Luke? Yeah, yeah. yeah I've ex- done the free Pete. Exactly. exactly. I, mean, I mean, how can... Like, they just It just can't compare to that. And for all the City fans who've, you know, suffered the years of shit this club has thrown at us, 
it, it, it just makes it all that bit sweeter. And for the people who run the club, they can they kind of feel it's. I don't, I don't think they'll feel like it's job done, but it's you know it's that one ticked off the list now. We've done it. We've done the most magical thing. Puts his names in the history books. You know, it really is long live Manchester City and long live this success. I just want it. To, I never want this feeling of disbelief I've had for the last, you know, 12, 18 hours to go away because it's incredible. It's it's absolutely incredible. And I mean, you don't get to win the treble every year on your birthday. So I'm going to take that and milk it for every, <laughs> every, every year. I am going to milk the absolute fuck out of that because, you know, it's, as I said, the best team, the best team in the history of the sport. Can't really compare to that, can you? Have you ruined birthdays for yourself now, though? Like, is is anything ever going to compare to this, or is it just going to be like a mm, that was fun six years ago? I, I, I mean, I, I've t- I've tweeted this and I've said it a few times about City in the past few weeks. It just it, I don't think it gets better than this. I don't think my birthday will ever get better than that. It, it, you know, but it's never going to be a disappointment because it's going to be the year City won the Champions League. It's going to be the year City won the treble, and to do it in Istanbul as well. You know, the the, the site of one of the most famous Champions League finals in history. And then for City to cement their place, almost overwrite that story in a way. Say, no, it's not the venue where Liverpool had that comeback. It's the venue where City finally won the treble. That's a pretty nice feeling as well. Especially when they haven't got a treble. It is. Exactly, yeah. Well, I want to pick up on, on one thing that Ali McCool said, and, and that's that you don't really understand it till you win it. And I think there is, at least with me, there is a sense of that feeling because I certainly have been somebody that's been very outspoken about how there are numerous other competitions I'd rather win before the Champions League. And I don't think the Champions League is not prestigious or not, you know, the, the highest level of football in, in Europe and, and all that kind of stuff. But um, as, as Blues, you guys understand that it, you know, it doesn't resonate with anybody. But, but Oliver Lowe, I want to come to you. Has, what were your thoughts on the competition leading into this? And has winning it changed those thoughts? To be honest, I, I was probably quite different to Adam in the sense that I sort of from probably around 20, 2018, 2019 wanted to change the relationship that City had with the Champions League. It got off on a very sour note. We all know, you know, the stories with, um, you know, things like Yaya Torre and the racist chanting and, you know, our relationship with UEFA generally. But I did kind of get to a point where I was like, I want us to embrace this competition. I want the fans to embrace this competition. Lots of corners of the fan base didn't for different reasons. And that's absolutely understandable. But I think it does, you know, keep coming back to this point of once you're once you're there and once you see your team's name etched on that trophy, it, it changes things. I think for Manchester City, this is the peak of the the mountain this is the summit it started what 15 years ago 13 years ago for me personally I think this story began with that FA Cup semi-final against Manchester United that's when we first sort of announced ourselves and everything since then has been coming towards this moment you know for for me uh, to compare it to like Marvel movies I guess like this was the end game it's been a project over 10 years and there's been so many different narratives and storylines and glorious moments and, and titles and cup wins and comebacks and defeating the odds and defying every single sports media company that went against us and every journalist that wrote bad names, you know, bad things about us in the press. And we stuck to our guns as a fan base and, and Manchester City have 
have, have always been climbing towards this point and, and to get there last night to to do it the way that we did it was just it was just phenomenal you could not write that ending I, I said to so many people um last night and through the you know the sort of past couple of weeks if someone had said to me at the start of the season Man City will finish fourth get knocked out of each competition in the third round, but you'll win the Champions League. I, I had a bit in your hand off for that personally. I know that other people might disagree. You know, even Pep Guardiola himself always says the, the, the league's the most important thing. And I know, Adam, your relationship with the Champions League wasn't, you know, the best. So look, that's fine. But for me personally, I wanted it. I've wanted it for the past five years or so. I, I really have. I'd be lying if I, I kept my cool and said to United fans, oh, I don't care. Like, we don't need it. I needed it. Maybe other fans didn't. <laughs> I did. So to get there last night and to be able to now just sort of say, champions of Europe, we know what we are. That's absolutely fan-bloody-tastic. Well, it's interesting you say that because Pep kind of had the same rhetoric leading into the game. He, he kind of made a plea to the fans, like, don't boo the anthem. Put the past in the past. Just embrace the night. Enjoy the moment. Um, and, and you know, enjoy where we are and, and how far we've come. And I think... There was, you know, seeing the scenes in Istanbul, the scenes in Manchester and scenes kind of all over the world. We saw all sorts of incredible limbs for for Rodri's goal and, and the full-time whistle all, at all sorts of watch parties and stuff. And there definitely has been more of uh, an embrace from the fan base with the competition. But I think it helps, Luke, when it's not just winning the Champions League. It's not just winning your first Champions League. It's It's winning the treble that, you know, a certain club down the road has been kind of holding over your head for over two decades now. And like Ollie said, there's, you know, there's nothing they can sing about now really. And, and I just, I just want to pick up on something that, that Oliver Lowe said, and it's that everything's been building towards this and this is the peak of the mountain. So it, it begs the question, what, where do we go from here? Is it win another and win another and win another? Or is it, I know Ollie Kirsch was on this, this show leading up to the game kind of saying, if we win this and, and we've quote unquote, you know, conquered football, I won't care about a city result ever again. Just we've won it all. It's just going to be about enjoying football. Is that really true, or is next season we immediately click in and say win another? Well, it's like with most sports, isn't it? Storylines are always written year on year, aren't they? Um, at this moment, it does feel like the peak. In five years' time, it might not. We might have won four Champions Leagues in a row in that time. Like you never know, do you? So that's why we love sport. That's why we watch it indefinitely because you never know what's going to happen. Um, for me, it does feel a bit like the peak, though. After saying that, like I've I've seen my team win win the European Cup. I don't like calling it the Champions League. Um, I'm still an advocate of. I, I'm not a fan of it. Um, I booed it before. I booed it before the game. I booed it after the game before we lifted the tech for, for trophy. A lot of City fans did around me as well. My problems with UEFA. Um, that's just how it is. It always will be. Um, but being the European champions is is it's it's what you ever think of. The amount of times I've heard the Nottingham Forest, the Aston Villas, you know, all them horrible little I won't swear. Um, but people just constantly like moaning and going on at us, being like, You never where's European Cup? They knew we were gonna win it. We knew we were gonna win it. They're just trying to wind us up. And now I feel like we're invincible as a club at the moment in time. And it's a shame, really, because even though we are at that highest, we've, we're have we at the happiest we've ever been as a football club, it's still a little bit of sadness in me that, that this is the best team I've ever seen and it's going to be split up this summer. And I'm a little bit devastated because 
I want one more year of just that squad of players. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll we'll certainly come on to that later in the week and next week about where this squad goes from here. Um, but that'll do for part one. In part two, we'll be back and we'll we'll take a little bit of a closer look at the game itself. Welcome back to the City Report podcast. A quick reminder, this is just our kind of immediate reaction in in the 24 hours after the Champions League final. We will dive a bit deeper into the game later on in the week and and into the season before we head into transfer season with a Z. Um, Ali McCool, I'll come to you on the game itself. It was a bit nervy, wasn't it? And I just want to say this one thing. I'm almost happy the game was so nervy. It almost felt like it almost felt better to win a KG final where you had to find a way to win. And you look at it, kind of all the statistics and, and actually Inter were the better team on the night. They had the better chances, but City found the way to win. And it almost feels better than going out and being 4-0 up at halftime and say, yeah, well, we just waltzed our way to a Champions League final. Is that is that insane of me to think? No, no, I I completely get it. If you if you offer if you told ask me that ask me that question before the game, I'd say completely different. I'd have wanted a four 0 hammering and you know make it easy three goals in the first half, and I can just enjoy it from there on. But you know, I, I, watching bits of it back, I watched the twenty like the five minutes before the goal and the twenty minutes until full time after earlier, and. Because when you're watching it live and you and obviously in a pub as well, you not you can't really focus on it as much. But you know, watching it back, knowing the result, knowing what happens, you can enjoy it a bit more. Um, and it was just, it was incredible. Um, you know, Ruben Diaz, that header in like the 89th minute or something, that you know any other defender it would have been an own goal. Edison was incredible. He's come in for some shit this season, Edison. But I can't think of a moment where he's put a foot wrong in the last three or four months. He's been phenomenal for a while, for a while now, and last night felt one of his greatest ever performances for us. Just astounding saves all over the shop. What a brilliant goalkeeper he is! Um, well, and it, then, it was the game. It was the game that absolutely silences all of the talk around around him, wasn't it? it I mean, I, exactly. Not that I I ever agreed or understood the criticism of him, because partly because his main role in the team is almost not shot-stopping despite him being a goalkeeper. But that that was the game that you absolutely cannot level any criticism at him because much like Thibaut Courtois last season for Real Madrid, his team got the goal and he made the saves and that was it. Exactly. And, and I mean, I just look, I look around this team and all season on this podcast, we've been, you know, showering them with praise at certain points. You know, John Stones, for example, monumental performance again. But how many of those has he had in the past few months? You know, Rodri, just Mr. Ultra Consistency, absolutely phenomenal performance. Man of the match, scored the winning goal, obviously. And and we've seen that goal a few times from Rodri, that kind of pull pull back at the edge of the box and it go, and it goes in. Um, he's just an, a machine of a player, an absolute, just a maestro. Um I'm I'm just trying to think. I'm just trying to think of other players, but you know, it's just what a phenomenal performance it was, really. Because as as much as it was nerving, as much as it did look like Inter the better, it was that first half especially wasn't great. But um, it's 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 about the mentality with City. Sometimes it's about those intangibles that I think we've lacked in the Champions League at times. Because um, City's heads could have easily dropped. I mean, at half time, it felt like an almost a replica of the 2021 game. I think it was you, Ollie, who said in our group chat saying it was like it was like that game but we weren't one nil down or something um it was absolutely wild just 
Well, I'm trying to, trying I'll, to I'll encompass cut in, that. You, you, <laughs> it could have been you something say that, that and said. you compare it. It could have been something that I said, but I was probably too pissed to remember. So if I said that, that's great ball knowledge from me. <laughs> you say that, Ollie, that, that it felt like that that Chelsea final. And for me, it was it was the KDB injury. That was when it hit me. It sunk into my stomach that, oh yeah, this is City in the Champions League. Like, if there's a way for this to go wrong, it will be unearthed. And that that was a moment for me where... Not that I didn't have faith in Phil Foden coming in or, or anything like that. It was the sense of, mm, it's just one of those nights. It's one of those nights. Did, did you have that same feeling or was it just kind of the, the nerves getting to me? It, it, was, it was exactly that. Um, you, you know, you, I think that moment, you, if you go back to the Kevin De Bruyne injury in 2021, City's heads just dropped out of it. The, you know, they just weren't in the game anymore. This time, it, you barely noticed it really. Because you know they continued being nervy, but you know it wasn't. It didn't feel earth shattering as it did in 2021. It just felt like okay, Pep needs to just get them back in halftime, probably bollock them, and then send them back out there and tell them to go win the fucking Champions League. And that's what they did. They just kept trying and trying and trying and staying in the game. You know how many times have we watched City in the Champions League where they just let the game get away from them? You know Liverpool. I'm thinking Monaco. Um, you know so, some of, some of the earlier games. You know. Um, Real Madrid last season, you just let that game get away from us because we didn't finish it off. And but we found that chance, and he, and you and you know as soon as that goal went in, you, you just kind of had that feeling of right, they're not going to try and go for a second here. Really, they're going to try and just keep this. They're just going to win it, try and see it out from here. And we trust in City's defense so much more than we ever have now because they're just incredible. Manuel Akanji signing of the season potential, fifteen million quid, and he comes in wins is a key part of winning the treble in his first season. Phenomenal. Just, just what, just one of those performances that you could watch again and again and again, and every time you'll just think, "How the fuck did they do that? What, what was going through their heads?" Just a, a, a masterclass in mentality, an absolute masterclass. Well, it's interesting you talk about Pep, and and at halftime maybe getting stuck into them, but I almost think it was different because you could see in that first half there was a moment in which. Uh, Ederson was trying to play out of the back and kind of overcooked his pass to to Ake and it went went out of bounds and there was kind of this feeling of shakiness amongst the team. It, it almost felt like they were rattled and surprised by how brave Inter were playing and I think you have to give Inter credit that they played really, really well, especially in that first half. And the the, the camera, at least on our broadcast, panned to Pep and he was just shouting all everyone that he could see in his, in his eye line, relax, relax. Relax. So, Ali Lowe, do you think you think at halftime it was maybe less about getting stuck into the players and telling them what they're doing wrong and 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 all that, or is it more of a sense of that Pep was telling them, "Listen, you know how you got here. Just take a deep breath. Don't play the occasion. Just play the game that has gotten you to this point. The game that saw you breeze past Bayern Munich and Real Madrid and, and past Arsenal in the league and and all of that." And um, or was it more of a case of they needed kind of you know a rocket up the ass. Um, the the game last night had sort of these these two balancing scales, which were the nerves and the inexperience of of us in this competition. I don't think there's any denying that City were were nervous in those first thirty minutes. You could see that in the way they were playing. They're they're probably you know nervous throughout the entire game, and and that showed. And you know you sort of maybe think oh it's quite odd these serial winners 
um, in other competitions feeling the occasion like that. But when it's a competition that you don't have that history with, I fully understand it. So I think on one side of the scale, there was this sense of, you know, nervousness. But then on the other side, I feel like there was this sense of destiny, really. I know that maybe sounds poetic and whatever, but I do really feel like in a weird way, the fact that we were working towards this treble almost gave the players that extra sense of belief, the extra sense of it doesn't matter how we get it done. It doesn't matter if it's ugly. It doesn't matter if it's a scrappy game. We're going to come out on top. And I think that's maybe a lot of what I was feeling before the match was I really thought I would be shaking before the game started. So, so nervous. I thought I'd be watching the game um, really, really nervously. And, and and there was senses of that, you know, when, when, when into Milan got into our box and so on and so forth. Obviously, you have those little moments. But for the most part, I just sort of had this feeling, this trust that we would get it done. And I think once the nerves settled at half time, that's probably what Pep was saying, you know, to an extent was those nerves are there. We understand that, but calm those nerves and, and actually just go out there and do what you know you can do and fulfill the destiny that's been put out for you. And you've made for yourself all season. You know, I think the game itself was scrappy. I think Inter Milan did everything correctly. Like, I, I, there was nothing that annoyed me more in the days building up to the game than people saying, oh, so you're going to walk it 4-0. Like, that was never going to happen. It was the exact same with the FA Cup. Honestly, if I, if I want to know someone who has poor, poor ball knowledge, I'll look at someone who says a final is going to go 4-5-0. It's just, it just was never going to happen. And, you know, this City team this season, Pep said after the game, the difference between them from now and an older group of players maybe when... Um, you know, the 17-18 or the 18-19 squad is this this team's learned to love defending as much as it has attacking. And I think that showed with the likes of Akanji and, and Diaz. And, you know, Akanji really um, created that goal in a sense because he broke the lines, he pushed forward, he had to have that little bit of bravery and, you know, playing within a compact team. That then brought the defender out, which made space for Bernardo Silva. So the defence play a more critical role within the City team than they ever have. And I just sort of think overall, the occasion was there there was a sense of nervousness but we knew what what the outcome was going to be and thankfully we got that outcome well was that the feeling in the city and behind the goal luke at halftime was it was it the sense of you know destiny is kind of ours or or were those nerves kind of bleeding over and we saw the first half performance and um, maybe kind of had seen this story written in a champions league final before or, or was it a bit calm in that city end it wasn't calm at all. <laughs> no calm at all, um, especially in my block. Um, I was right in the corner. Um, so luckily for me, when they scored the goal, they came and celebrated towards our corner flag, which was a special, special moment. Uh, but yeah, it was very nervy. Um, I had my best mate, Adam, was just constantly telling me, it's not our night, it's not our night, it's not going to happen, it's not going to happen. Um, and there was quite a few people around us as well like that. But the jubilation when that goal went in was unbelievable. Like the feeling, the rush. I thought John Stones had scored it. <laughs> I won't be James with it. Everyone else, like, all me and my mates, we all thought John Stones had scored it. Could, could barely see, but how many times has Roger done that this year? Just side-foots it. He, don't, he passes it into the goal. It's stupid. It's such a... It's such a bearing in mind, he, he had a poor game before that as well. And the fact that he has that composure and that confidence to just do that is a joke of a man. And he is 
the best holding midfielder in the world. He's pushing for all time if he has another two good years under our belt. Like, he's a special, special player. But yeah, the nerve, it was very nervy, especially at half-time as well. And when I was queuing for ages to get a drink, trying to get a programme, it was it was very much a very nervy atmosphere. But Pep played a blinder because it, it must have been very, it must have been so easy for him. The easiest thing to do was to go in and hound his players for playing like they did because they all looked like they were bricking it from moment one, to be honest with you. Um, but he played the team and he played the atmosphere and he played the fans perfectly just by just being calm and just relaxing everybody. And look at us now, European champions. It's fu- it's funny you say that about Rodri's first half performance because I put out a tweet at halftime saying something along the lines of, well, maybe Pep was on to something not playing a holding midfielder against <laughs> Chelsea. Um, but obviously he, he redeems himself with the winner and we're going to get out of there from here because um, we got plenty plenty of content to go later in the week. So stay tuned every morning. You will wake up with another episode of the City Report podcast. But before we get out of here, I want one word to describe this season from all of you. I'll start with you, Ali McCool. Legendary. Ali Lowe. Triumphant. Luke. And it's iconic. I'm going to stick a hyphen in mind to make it one word and say... Oh, here we go. There's always <laughs> we one. Always one. <laughs> I am sticking a, hyphen, <laughs> sticking a hyphen to make it one word and say, take it. That'll do for the City <laughs> Report podcast. Until next time, see you later. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end-of-season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running, and just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply, see mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 